Praise the Lord. Good morning, church. Are you still excited about the fact that Jesus is alive? <laughs> As I said last Sunday, the story of Jesus and the message of the gospel does not end with Resurrection Sunday. There is more to the story. Jesus lived on earth for another 40 days and then he ascended to heaven. It is important that we take note of the events that took place after the resurrection. They will encourage us, strengthen our faith, and increase our hope. Well, today we take a look at what happened to Peter after the resurrection and how his life was radically transformed. You remember what happened to Peter on that Passover weekend. As usual, Peter tended to be impulsive in his speech and actions. More than once, Jesus had to kind of tone him down. Yet Peter struggled to control his impulsiveness. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, after the Last Supper, on the way to Gethsemane, Peter said to Jesus, Even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to to stumble, <laughs> strong words, at which Jesus replied, Peter, assuredly, I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. Peter made a very bold statement implying that he was more committed than the others. When Peter said that even if he had to die for Jesus, you would not deny him, the others said the same thing. They agreed with Peter. When the soldiers came for Jesus, Peter immediately reacted by pulling out his sword to defend Jesus. He even cut off the ear of the servant of the high priest. Even there, at the moment of his arrest, Jesus had to correct Peter and tell him to put his sword away. Then Jesus healed the year that had been cut. So it seemed that Peter was really ready to die for Jesus. <laughs> I think he was lucky that none of the temple guards struck him with a sword that night. As Jesus was arrested and taken away, the disciples fled, except Peter and John, who followed at a distance. While Jesus was being interrogated three times, Peter was confronted by people who identified him as a disciple of Christ. Three times, Peter denied it. As Peter denied it the third time, the rooster crowed and Jesus looked at him. Peter remembered the words of Jesus and so he ran out and wept bitterly. We do not know if he was nearby at the crucifixion of Jesus. Probably not due to his shame. After the resurrection, it is surprising that none of the 11 men that Jesus selected to be his closest followers were the first to find out that Jesus was resurrected. That honor went to Mary Magdalene and her companions. Early that resurrection Sunday morning, she and the other women went back to the tomb with the spices to complete the burial ritual. When they got there, the stone was rolled away, the tomb was empty, and an angel told them that Jesus was alive. The angel said in Mark 16, 6-7, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. 
He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell the disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him, as he said to you. Notice this detail. Tell the disciples and Peter. Was Peter not a disciple too? Well, perhaps after he had all that he had done, Peter did not think himself worthy of being called a disciple anymore. So the Lord makes sure that Peter is included by instructing the angel to address Peter specifically. And so the ladies came and they told the disciples and Peter what they had experienced. The reaction of the disciples is recorded in Luke 24, 11. It says, but they, the disciples, they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Wow. <laughs> they did not believe. As I said last week, Thomas was not the only doubter in the group. He was, he was the lost doubter amongst a bunch of disciples. Because he did not believe, Peter ran to the tomb to see it for himself. John followed him. When John saw the empty tomb, John believed. But Peter, he went home wondering to himself what had come to pass. He wasn't quite sure yet. That evening, when the disciples, minus Thomas, were gathered together with locked doors and closed windows having a meal, Jesus appeared in the room and spoke to them, removing all doubt that he really was alive. He ate with them and taught them, reminding them of what the scriptures said about him and what he had prophesied about himself that would happen. John chapter 21 tells us that some days later, Peter and six of the other disciples went back to Galilee where Peter returned to his old occupation, fishing. Jesus appeared on the shore and guided the fishing experts to a large school of fish after a fruitless night of work. And he prepared breakfast for his disciples. After breakfast, Jesus decides it is time to check in on Peter's earlier commitment. So Jesus asks Peter a question. We read this in John 21, 15. So, when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon Son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. Now, when you read this conversation in English, we don't quite get the full picture. You see, in Greek, there is more than one word for love. In this conversation, Jesus is using the word agape. Peter, do you agape me? which means unconditional, selfless love that wants the best for the other. But Peter, he is replying with the word phileo. Yes, Lord, I phileo you, which is friendship or brotherly love. So the conversation could be translated like this. Peter, Jesus asks, Simon, son of John, do you truly unconditionally love me more than these other disciples do? And Peter answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you like a brother or neighbor. Jesus responded, feed my little lambs. Did you hear how anemic Peter's answer was? Where is the Peter, which at the Lost Supper declared, if all 
fall away, I will not. And notice that Jesus asked if Peter loved him more than these, but Peter left that whole phrase out of his reply. Maybe Peter was learning not to set himself above the others. Jesus wanted Peter to state his humility publicly. Jesus said, find food for my lambs, a curious command to give to a fisherman. (laughs) Peter was a man of many words and quick, almost compulsive action. It's instructive to know that Jesus wanted to find out about Peter's heart, how much he really loved him. A second time, Jesus asks Peter, do you love me unconditionally? And Peter answered, I love you like a brother or neighbor. Perhaps Peter used the more humble term brotherly love because he knew he couldn't yet love unconditionally. His own failure was still fresh in his mind. Jesus told him, be a shepherd to my sheep. A third time, Jesus asks a slightly different question. Do you love me like a brother or neighbor? This time, Jesus used the word phileo in his question. The text tells us in verse 17 that Peter was hurt or grieved because Jesus asked him the third time. Peter's reply was, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you like a brother or neighbor. Once again, Jesus instructed Peter to feed or tend his sheep. Jesus goes on to predict that though Peter was strong as a young man, someday he would not be able to even dress himself and would be carried away to be martyred for his faith. Jesus issues a simple command, follow me, Peter, in verse 19. In essence, Jesus said, Peter, be my follower, walk in my footsteps along the way. Walk in unison with me. Through this conversation, Jesus restored Peter back into the ministry. Peter may have been feeling unworthy of continuing to be a disciple of Jesus and a preacher of the gospel. He lived in a culture of shame, where if you embarrassed the family or clan, you were cast out. After publicly denying Jesus, Peter must have felt that his time with Jesus was up. It took a personal conversation with Jesus, where Jesus three times gave Peter an instruction to do ministry in his name. He allowed Peter to face his own doubts and weaknesses, to face the fact that he was not better than the others, to be honest about his true feelings for Jesus. And although at that time he could not commit to agape love, Jesus was happy to accept his sincere phileo love and to build on that. Three times Peter denied Jesus and three times that morning Peter declared his sincere, humble love for Jesus. That morning, Peter was restored as a fully functioning disciple, knowing that he is forgiven and that he belongs to the family of disciples. But one more thing happened in that conversation. 
when Jesus told Peter three times, feed or tend my sheep and lambs. Jesus indicated a radical change, not only in what Peter was supposed to do for him, but also a revolutionary change in Peter's character. Three years earlier, Jesus had called Peter to be a fisher of men. That's in Matthew 4.19. Now, he called him to be a shepherd. <laughs> Listen, fishing is a fairly rough occupation. One has to mend and clean nets, work at night and sleep in the day and clean fish to sell. He needs to be strong enough to cast heavy nets into the water and pull them out full of fish. To put it bluntly, the fisherman kills fish to feed his family and to sell fish to others. Compare fishing as an occupation with that of a shepherd. According to Psalm 23, the shepherd has to meet his flock's every need, including finding food, good pasture year-round, and clean water. He nurses back to health any sheep that are sick and protects them from thieves and predators. He uses his rod and staff to count, guide, protect, and when needed, correct a wayward sheep. He's on call day and night. Earlier in his ministry, Jesus expanded on the role of a good shepherd in John chapter 10, verses 1 to 18. It says the shepherd enters the pen through the gate, not by jumping over the fence. He names his sheep and calls them to follow him. He walks ahead of them, assuring them of their safety. He finds pasture for his flock and he is willing to protect his sheep even if it means dying for them. In short, his total focus is on meeting the needs of his sheep and protecting them. Obviously, there is a close relationship between the shepherd and the sheep, something that does not exist between a fisherman and the fish. Caring for sheep results in the health and well-being of the sheep, not always of the shepherd. Not so with the fisherman and the fish. Most of his life, Peter had been concerned about, well, Peter, <laughs> okay? He, he was uh, impulsive, often the first one to talk, to act. Now he had to concentrate on pleasing the master shepherd and tenderly caring for his sheep. That the total transformation had not yet occurred was evident when during that conversation, Peter turned and pointed to his friend and business partner, John, and asked Jesus, Lord, what about him? <laughs> Jesus responds, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. That you read that in verse 22. Jesus' response is a bit sharp, but you don't deal with a person like Peter subtly. Peter, what I want John to do is none of your business. You ought to have only one concern. Keep following me. Essentially, that's what Jesus told him. Not only was Peter restored as a disciple, but he was renewed in his calling. Although he spent much time with Jesus during ministry, it was only after the resurrection, during that breakfast on the beach, that Peter's mind began to be renewed. By spending time actually listening to the Word, well, Jesus is the Word, remember? <laughs> and actually pondering on it and receiving the Word, a transformation began to take place. 
The word says in Romans 12 too, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It is easy to be conformed to this world, to our world. Peter easily conformed to his world, to the popular way of thinking and to popular cultural beliefs. That is why he did not believe that Jesus had risen from the dead. That's why he assumed he was out of the circle of disciples because of his betrayal. That's why he went back to fishing because he assumed that that is all that he could do. That is all that he was, a fisherman, nothing more. But a conversation with Jesus changed all that. It renewed his mind and changed his thinking, transforming him from a rough fisherman to a caring shepherd, prepared to give his life for the master. He remained a fiery, high-energy man, but now Peter learned to bring his temperament under control by the power of the Holy Spirit. It enabled him to embrace a new calling, that of a shepherd, and to do it well. What happened to Peter can happen to any one of us. First, we can be forgiven. No matter how much we may think we have disappointed or offended our Lord, Jesus has already forgiven you. All he asks is, do you love me? It does not matter if you think your love is weak at the moment. Give him that love. It will grow as you follow him. Secondly, we can be restored to his service. There are many ways we can feed or tend for the lambs and sheep of the Lord. It begins at home goes to our place of work, our church, our community, and any other ministry opportunity that the Lord may open up for us. But we must do it in humility, not thinking that we can do it better than all of these, you know, or that we love the Lord more than all of these. <laughs> we serve the Lord out of gratitude. Peter became such a man, and he taught his followers to be such people. Read the first letter of Peter and you will see the, the result of his transformation, his love and care for the people that he served. Thirdly, we can be renewed in any area of our lives as the Lord works in us. Your personality type, your temperament, your gifts, all of these the Lord can use. He will help you defeat your weaknesses. And yes, we all have some weaknesses. And the Lord will help you leverage your strengths. And yes, we all have some of those too. And so you too can live a life that brings glory to God, is a blessing to others, and brings joy to you and fulfillment. Amen. In what ways, listen, in what ways does God want to transform you? What evidence in your life shows that He's doing so already? Think about these questions and commit to following Jesus. And may your life also be continuously restored and renewed as you grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Come, let us close in prayer. Father, Thank you for your word. 
And thank you that as you remind us of those post-Easter events, post-resurrection events, we see the restoration, Lord God, taking place, the renewal taking place in, 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 in your disciples. Today we spoke specifically about Peter. And thank you, Lord, that you continue doing that in us and for us. And I pray, Father, for everyone listening, everyone watching today, Lord. You know where we need, Lord, restoration, where we need renewal, where we need transformation. Lord, come and renew us. Come and transform us to be more like you, Lord Jesus, that we may truly be followers of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I want to close with a benediction, which are actually the last written words of Peter, which you find in 2 Peter 3.18. And that's, that's my prayer for you. It was Peter's prayer for his followers. It's my prayer for us today. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. God bless you and see you next Sunday.